Hey everybody, so glad you tuned into the podcast today. I think you're going to really enjoy this episode. We're going to be discussing everything about gaming and how it relates to our culture, our faith, and even some things that you probably never thought about. We're going to be starting with the topic of gaming from the 80s with coin-operated machines, moving up into the consoles and the PCs that we have in our house, and even the handheld devices that we use every day on our phones. So uh, we also have a special guest with us in studio today. His name is Zach, and he's going to be dropping some serious knowledge and sharing some information on things that you may have never heard or thought of before. So uh, we want you to sit back, grab a coffee, and enjoy the podcast today. You're listening to the All Out War Podcast. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of All Out War, the podcast that brings you to the center of the culture, the politics, and theology, and all the intersecting places in between all of that. I am your host, Turner, and I'm with Rosie. What's up, Rosie? Hey, what's up? How you doing today, man? Doing well. Yeah? Yeah. It was a good day. It was a good day. It's always a good day when you're around, I gotta say that. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, we are are without Cody today. We've got our, our boy Cody is not with us tonight, but we have another special guest in the house tonight, and his name is Zach. What's up, Zach? Hey, how's it going? I, I don't have a identity, just Zach, right? <laughs> just so, Zach. Uh, I mean, I have a gamer tag, but I don't want to go by that, not out loud. Well, we'll bring yeah. that up in a minute, but <laughs> but uh, it's probably good that you don't have an identity because uh, once you uh, get affiliated with us, you're not and associated with us, you're not gonna want to be known. <laughs> you're on like a list, right? You're on a list. You'll yeah. be on for sure on the NSA watch list, and uh, but labeled that's, an extremist, a Christian extremist, probably. That's right, totally. And because <laughs> uh, you believe the Bible's right, because you believe the Bible's right, and we're <laughs> hidden away in a in a kennel in the basement of a kennel. I don't know if you can hear those dogs barking. I was almost attacked when I came over. I was surprised. I was ready for, for Wesley, but then, I mean, you had, he was like twice his size, and he had a louder bark, so. so. Oh, man. But anyways, uh, yeah, so if you hear dogs in the background, it's just because I have a couple animals upstairs that are uh, not being cool. Hey, we got a great, we got a great uh, topic tonight we're going to talk about, and that's why one of the reasons I brought Zach in with us is um, it's something that I'm fairly... Uh, it's a topic that I'm fairly new to. I don't, I'm not, would never claim to be an expert in or um, th- about in any way, but, uh, and I don't even know if it's possible to be an expert at, um, at you know, complete expert at this topic, but uh, we're going to be talking about gaming. And in particular, uh, just online gaming, gaming with uh, Xbox, PS, you know, these uh, PC computers at home, um, and any other and other types of gaming. And uh, and I wanted to talk about this topic because it's something that I've been uh, just kind of interested in and and enjoying myself personally as as a form of escape and just as a hobby and recreation for me for a couple years. And it started off when we bought, you know, I have a 14-year-old son. We bought, we bought my son an Xbox and, you know, 360. We got on this Xbox 360, and we get this Call of Duty game on there for him. And at first I was like, I'm going to be the good Christian dad. We're not going to have any shooting games, none of that. So we're getting, like, Lego Star Wars games. And, oh, man. And then we, we even moved away from the Xbox console together and went to the Wii when that became popular mm. and that was a lot of fun as a family we do the Wii bowling and tennis and all that and get the uh, Wii fit we a little platform that you try to balance <laughs> on and do the, the yoga stuff well look at me 
Did, well, okay. Do I need the Wii Fit? <laughs> nah. I mean, come on, right? No, uh, we uh, we didn't uh, get the Wii Fit, but nah. I think what ended up happening is like one of the controllers got thrown across the room and into a wall. <laughs> yeah, so it ended up being like not not useful anymore. But then um, then we uh, moved back to the 360, and then and then and then like a year and a half ago or so, we got them the Xbox One when it came out. I mm-hmm. guess that was about what two years ago. And uh, uh, I think actually it's been like four years. Yeah, but we didn't get it right oh, away. Okay, because gotcha. we couldn't afford it. Gotcha. We, we weren't early adopters on the video game consoles. We See, were late adopters. I I got my Xbox One actually as a gift from my buddy for house sitting. He happened to have an extra one, and he was like, <laughs> wow. "Here you go." And I hadn't. I had actually been. This is kind of. I can bring this up later, but I hadn't touched my Xbox 360 in like months. I mean, it had been at least like four or five months, and that was a pretty big deal to me so i was saving up for the xbox one and then my buddy was like hey i have an extra one if you house it will, will you take it and i was like absolutely i'll take it and so i actually had to kind of hide it from my parents and i can talk <laughs> about that later but yeah the xbox one was luckily a gift and same thing with my ps4 that i have it was actually a gift as well that's awesome man so yeah so we that's a great gift, by the way. I wish I could like bless somebody when they watched my house. Like, oh yeah, just take this X. Although, if you guys look over here in in our studio here, we have a, a, an old school Super Street Fighter Two upright console. It's the one that weighs like two hundred pounds. It's the old arcade game. It's the actual Super Street Fighter arcade game. And I got that. Some guy owed me money, and uh, I did <laughs> I did some work for him. He couldn't pay me, and he used to own arcades in the eighties. And then the 90s, and he opened up his garage, and he just said, pick one. And, you know, back in about 93, 94, um, I used to go down to this arcade with my buddies. We had a, we had rented a farm out in Manassas, Virginia, mm. and there was an arcade in downtown Manassas, an old-school arcade. And we would go down there, and we would play Super Street Fighter at the arcade at, in our 20s. <laughs> there okay. you go. See, because they didn't have the good consoles back then. They had... They had some consoles that were decent, like, um, I'm trying to remember which ones they had. But What year did you say that was? Like, 93. So you're looking at, like, original Nintendo? Yeah. Sega Genesis, maybe? Yeah, Genesis. We had a Genesis in our house. Okay. So we'd play Sonic, and we'd play Technoball and stuff like that. See, growing up, I know my brother had a original Nintendo, and then he had a Super Nintendo. And I think that's when, was it Super Mario came out for the Super Nintendo? Is that why it was called that? Yeah. But I know that... I mean, I remember the Duck Hunter game with the with oh, the yeah. guns, yeah. and uh, but I was I was super little. This is before I moved out to Leesburg, so that must have been between ninety five and ninety nine. Um, so that's kind of my my earliest memory of video games is that original Nintendo playing, whether it was Mario or Super Mario, on that guy, which was kind of I mean just a normal thing in our house to have a have a console, which is pretty pretty nice but i didn't know if that was kind of the same for everyone else like you said you had a a genesis or yeah we had a sega genesis and then we we uh one of our guys got end up getting a playstation um a little bit later one of the roommates and then um and then we i moved on and stuff and i just kind of i you know i was one of those guys where um when i was in my 20s i was more into like hiking and getting outside Mm -hmm. and all that so like i said it wasn't until i had a kid and we and the gaming industry and had really progressed too. Like my, I played, I was one of you. Know, I'm a lot older than you guys, right? So I I can remember when the Atari 2600 came out, mm. and when everybody 
in our neighborhood wanted one really bad and my buddy got a paper route he gets his paper out and he goes and works all all you know year long and then he finally goes and buys the atari with the stupid flat joystick and the palm oh yeah and we played missile command and and galaga and space invaders and all the games that it came with which were the original you know the original originals and you mm. had to like hook it with wires into the back of your television and <laughs> three it, different wires. Yeah, yeah, it was crazy. And uh, and I remember that. And we had one at my house. And I remember my sister broke the controller because she got mad at me. She threw that and broke the joystick controller. My parents were so mad because to get a new one was like forty dollars back then. That was you know in the seventies. Yeah, that was a lot of money. Forty dollars. Oh my goodness. For a controller, yeah, because you couldn't. In fact, they didn't even used to sell just the controller. They mm-hmm. wanted you to buy the whole console. Mm-hmm. But uh, anyways, we did that. Um, so I've got this this upright arcade game in in here, and I've been I've hanging been hanging onto that game for a couple years. It works. It's fun. It's it's a lot of fun to play. Every once in a while, I'll get bored, turn it on, and school my kids on it. But <laughs> so arcade gaming is where it all started, right there. That's where mm-hmm. it really started to emerge, and where where my generation got this bug. And then my generation grew up, went to college, and developed all the games that you mm-hmm. guys are, that everyone's playing now. And now we're on to a second generation after that that are developing games. Guys that are in their twenties are mm-hmm. are like heading up these, you know, these startup gaming companies y- y- with these y- open source engines, right? And just making bank, making bank. But listen to this: in 1981, the arcade video game industry was generating annual revenue of five billion dollars in North America. That's just the coin-operated games back in the 80s. And it says that's equivalent of twelve point three billion dollars in two thousand eleven. So I believe it. That's in the eight and I can remember I used to my parents used to drop me off at the mall and, and I would beg them for a couple dollars of quarters and we would go to the arcade and you would like it was like you would choose wisely. What am I gonna play? Am I gonna play, you know, uh uh Q-Bert or am I gonna play mm-hmm. uh you know, whatever the latest game was, if I was you know, and this is when gaming was like just it was amazing. In the, I felt like in the I experienced 80s. that in Stranger Things. Like, even though I didn't live it. Absolutely. I, I could oh. feel that, you know, when they get dropped at, dropped off at the arcade and they're just having to choose and it's the cool thing to have the highest score and oh, all yeah. that. Oh, yeah. You getting your name on that high score, that was a big deal. And uh, so then listen to this. It says the global games market will reach $108 billion in 2017. So it, last year it made... $108 billion with mobile, like your handheld, your Apple mm-hmm. devices and things like that, um, taking 42% of the market. Um, we There's 2.2 billion gamers across the world. So there's 2.2 billion gamers generating $108 billion in revenue um, just as of last year. So I want you to think about that in terms of sheer volume and numbers for a second, like what this means for a market. So uh, I pulled some data. There's only 16 economies in the world that have more than $1 trillion of a GDP. Mm. And there are 64 that have above $100 billion. The gaming market alone would would have a GDP that is equivalent to any of the, those 64 countries. Independently. Cause it, yeah, because it breaks that 100 billion dollar income market now so this is this is an industry that is not going it's not fly by night it's not going to go away whenever you have two billion people that are involved in one particular aspect of anything like a hobby or anything you now have that's okay just to put it in perspective that would be india and china combined their entire populations combined would be gaming 
So at any given day, you could have an entire nation online gaming in, in for some format or another. And that includes like your Candy Crush. That includes, you know, your little doodle jump. I mean, back. Right. Yeah. Yeah. All, it, of, all those old, you know, iPhone games that everyone got their, remember their iPod touched with, you know, that, that includes all of those and all the little microtransactions where they're buying extra mm-hmm. lives because that's part of that, that money, right? Oh, Temple Run. I ended up paying $50 because my son got <laughs> Temple Run once oh, and he kept buying and it was on our account, right? Mm-hmm. That was the biggest mistake ever, man. I had to then lock down. And Apple, I think, got sued even for that for, for people because these, these in-game purchases were happening and they weren't mm-hmm. approved. And you could just, because the game was there and it was on your phone, it could just do it. And it's connected to your account already. And, you know, people, I remember hearing stories of moms getting, you know, their kid would be in the back seat of their car on a trip and they'd, they'd come back, they'd have like a $200 bill on their phone because of them buying more coins to live more lives or whatever mm-hmm. for the game. Just insane. I've spent real money on Candy Crush before. <laughs> Have you? On purpose, yeah. On, well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, there's a point, you know, like if, if the game's free, if you download the game for free and then you actually really enjoy it, there is a value to it. So I don't have a problem necessarily spending 10, 15 bucks, you know, but over the course of the lifetime, what they're banking on is that you're going to do that multiple times and uh, get develop, you know, some kind of habit where and you just want to keep spending the money. And it is a true revenue system. I mean, when I remember when uh, the tr- the trailer for Black Ops 2 came out mm. um, back in the day. Remember that? Oh, and they yes. were they were doing TV commercials during football games during like major like we're talking like during the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And because uh, I remember it came out around Christmas time, and uh, and I just remember the the trailer for the video game was like a movie, yeah. And I was like, who? They're putting a lot into this, and but I mean, they knew obviously what what I just discovered today that there's billions of people playing, there's hundreds of billions of dollars worth of revenue to be. They want to get their piece of the pie, and the bigger and the better it is, and the more they put into it, the the more they're gonna get. And what's even funnier is is the company that makes Black Ops 2, Activision, uh, they basically were bought by a company called Blizzard, but they also own Candy Crush. Do they really? So so imagine <laughs> this, right? It's almost like a monopoly because of all that money. Well, they have their corner in the market on Call of Duty, which is you know the big one of the biggest first-person shooters on console. Absolutely it is. But then you have them buying out Candy Crush and then all that you know, micro tan- transactions they can use to make, you know, a movie-like game, right? Yeah. Because all that money is going to go somewhere. Yeah, I mean, in some of these games, they have big-name actors doing voiceover for the characters. Yeah, they got Kevin Spacey, I think, for Black Ops 2. Big that was Advanced Warfare. Oh, that's right. Pretty Advanced sure, Warfare yeah. 2, yeah. Big mistake. Yeah. I mean, at least he can't touch anyone there, right? Oof. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Too <laughs> soon? I was going to say, no, not too <laughs> soon. <laughs> it's an interesting point about microtransactions because it's almost I, w- I want to say it's almost like to the point I mean like you buy a $60 game like Black Ops 1 or I don't know why I picked that one specifically but any game that comes out on a console and they have that $60 and that's all you know they were they used to worry about but now like over the lifetime like you said if you can continue playing and they put out content like on Candy Crush or something like that and they put out 100 levels mm-hmm every three months or something like that and keep mm-hmm. getting you playing like the the lifespan of them being able to get money from you 
is just so much more. You, uh, you hear a lot of people saying that microtransactions are going to kill, you know, whatever it is, whether it's gaming or something. But uh, in the model of, oh, paying $60 for a game and then and then having you pay extra and, you know, DLC is a whole other thing, mm-hmm. you know, downloadable content. Uh, after they release a game that you pay for to play extra levels, like yeah. you said, yeah. is is you know almost like insult to injury when you have a lot of games that are free to play now, like Candy Crush or like Fortnite, for example, yeah. and no one has to pay a dime if they don't want to, right? Uh, and still play the game, right? And you have people like Activision who are making Call of Duty that say, hey, let's get you to you know spend sixty dollars a play and then. We're also going to release more content after the fact that we want you to pay another $50, $60 for it, and people do it still. I, know, I do. I know. I do, too. <laughs> I, did I, st- it, I did it with with the Battlefield uh, 3. Um, Battlefield 3, back when, when that came out, it was a gift for, for me for uh, my birthday mm. for my wife. And uh, the dude at GameStop said, hey, she's like, I want to get him, but he's got all the Call of Duties. Um you know, why don't you, uh, he wants to get a new game, a new shooter game. And he's mm-hmm. like, he's going to love this one, man. Get it. And she's like, all right, I'll trust you nerd. You know? And, uh, <laughs> so she takes it and he, and, uh, I think she tried to trade in some games or something like that. And he's like, yeah, I'll give you like two bucks. She goes, I bought it yesterday. No, she's, but, she's got like three consoles. She's right. got like 17 games. And yeah. he's like, I'll give you a nah, two fifty. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Two dollars, two dollars and 50 cents. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Make sure I clarify there. But, uh, but anyways, she. So I get the game. I'm loving the game, and and it and it was the first game where I sat down and I decided, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna work my way not just through the campaign. I'm gonna learn how to play this game so that I can actually be proficient in it and good. And, you know, as a guy that's in his 40s, you jump on those games. You're not naturally gonna be good at it. Versus- Reaction time is is like actually scientifically like multiple milliseconds slower than. Right. Then you're 18, 19, 20, 21 year old. Exactly. No, it, for real. And and I, I was so frustrated, but I stuck with it. It was like a mission for me. And I ranked all the way up to 100 level general, you know, or mm-hmm. whatever it is on, on Battlefield 3. But I ended up buying all the DLCs. And so I got what they call the premium package. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember I bought it. And about a month after I bought the premium package, I end up getting, they end up giving it away. Oh. So it's like if I just would have waited a month, I could have gotten it for free. And so, uh, oh, man, I was so ticked off because I think I paid 60 bucks for that. Extra. Yeah. yeah. And the game was probably, what, $69 or something mm-hmm. like that, brand new. Whatever it was back then, you know, maybe not that, maybe 50 bucks. But so they're getting, you know, per customer, they're trying to get probably $100 per customer or more in the life of that game. So they're trying to do the odds on that. So they can they can invest heavily on production and on storyline and, and on graphics. And, and the technology is there. In fact, the technology for the gaming is there. The The problem is the consoles aren't, they don't have the capabilities. Mm-hmm. So, so, and so what, you, what you have to do is you have to have upgradable consoles. And that's a problem because then now people have to invest in... in a whole new system. Right. And, and so it's, it kind of comes back to bite them in the butt when when they're trying to create this this whole revenue thing i was gonna say it's really unique when you talked about uh fortnite i played it once because everyone was playing it and it's a free game and i was reading something about this at how they were changing it's changing the whole paradigm of gaming Mm -hmm. this game that's completely free to play and they update it every day apparently Mm -hmm. and they have all these rare things that, that you have to they there's this thing called gamification Mm-hmm. which is basically this idea of 
making things addictive or mm-hmm. you want to log in. So I, I was watching this video and they're talking about how Fortnite, they'll give away some rare whatever, but you have to log in for a certain for, amount of time. For 24 hours. So what they do what? is, so what they do is they have it. Well, first of all, it's, it's helpful to know that Fortnite is on PC. It's on console. It's on mobile and it's on even the switch now. Right. Now, let me ask you a question about that. Cause my son and my daughter will play, my daughter will play on the Xbox One, and my son will play on his PC. And you can play together. Yeah, they so play together. So it's called cross-platform. Can you cross-platform with mobile? You in- can. So you can have someone who is kidding me? on a computer. That's You can genius. have someone who's on their phone or tablet, and you can have someone that's on their Xbox. They can all be on the same team. In the same lobby. And, and, and Fortnite is a battle royale, which is just kind of a survival uh, hunger game style where 100 people drop in, one person wins, or one team wins. And and back to what you were saying about the whole exclusivity of these in-game things that, that like when it was released on mobile, for example, I think they made $100 million in a day off of those mobile <laughs> oh transactions because people want to go in and they want to buy their skins. And the skin is, is purely cosmetic. It's what mm-hmm. your character looks like. Yeah. And those skins are rare. They're only in the store for 24 hours. So when you said that, Every 24 hours they update the game, they bring new skins. And it could be something like with the World Cup, you've got soccer players, right? And right, each yeah. person has their own country as a flag. You've got, you know, special, you know, special themed characters, holiday characters that are a gingerbread man or an elf or, uh, you know, a, a guy that's in like a skull suit, uh, skull and crossbone suit around Halloween. All of those people see those and, and they're anywhere between 10 and $20, Per skin, that's insane, and they're only in the store for twenty four hours. So it almost creates that scarcity that people want to have the you know at that time when it was only available. I picked it up, you know. So yeah. so it's almost like this elitist mindset of I have all of these rare skins and you don't, and they're only cosmetic. Mm-hmm. They have nothing to do with how well you can play the game. They have absolutely nothing to do with you know any type of advantage you'd get in game. And people just. They, they drool over it. It's hilarious. It reminds me of like, what were those those computer games? They were in the, like the late 90s. They're not like... Neopets? So, no, no. Oh, <laughs> oh, I was going to uh, say. I, I played that, but I'm thinking of this one that I never played. I think it was like Second Life or something like that. And there were these big uh, Optima Online or Ultima Online that people... And this was back in the, like the 90s or the early 2000s where people spending thousands of dollars on like ships and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And then you'd hear about all these uh, people that would run scams on people. Oh, where they'd man. Like, because they were spending real money. Yeah. Like yeah. thousands of dollars back, again, 20 years ago and stuff like that to have these rare things. And then people were scamming them. I remember reading this story a while ago where some guy got half a million dollars over the course of like four or five years in real dollars, like brought it out of the, mm-hmm. the bank. Mm-hmm. And I mean, not to touch on this too much because this is completely besides the point. But terrorists and a lot of drug cartels actually use video games and these in purchasing yeah in games to, to, currencies to move money, which is pretty interesting. So they, they, laund- they launder money that way, huh? Yeah, yeah. that's insane. Yeah, yeah. Which which is, you know, bringing up the whole. Yeah, I, I don't want to talk about necessarily underbelly, but there's you know gambling sites where you can gamble these skins. But you have, I mean, it's you know you have to be 18. You have to have you know all these warnings, all these things you have to sign to say. I know that I could lose money. I know that most people lose money. I know that, but you know, you have people that, that have, you know, real, um, I guess value they attach to these video game skins. And, um, and it's just, 
it's crazy how it, it's through the in-game currency, but then also you actually cash out, right? You know, you can sell it for, you know, an online transaction like PayPal or, or, or you know, even uh, some kind of cryptocurrency um, for these accounts. And it's, it's the actual how much the account that you are playing on is worth. And that's where the money, a lot of the times, the real world, real world money comes into these, these user accounts. Hmm. Okay. And it's, I mean, it sounds pretty addictive. I mean, there's definitely like, I guess that gamification of like wanting that new thing or so I guess kind of like moving away from like the games itself, uh, like this could be, you know, there, I know people that like their whole lives are wrapped up. And I think that's like a, a thing that we're dealing with in our culture nowadays. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't want to use a term what do they call it. Uh, they're not in cells. Uh, <laughs> the one I can't remember what it was, uh, but there's this term in Japan where it's all these guys in their mid twenties that don't have, they specifically do not want to get married. They don't want to settle oh, down. Right, they yeah. don't want to get a job. They just want to play video games. Yeah, and not to single out Japan, but that's where this term that I can't remember came from. Mm-hmm. But I mean, there's definitely like this online. I guess this ability to become somebody and escape the real world that I think is becoming more prevalent at least in the united states i think i I think you have that and but it could be with anything not just gaming right Right, it could be with you know people that like larp you know larping which is like live action role play where you go to these you know medieval conventions and you act (laughs) out you know some something or it could be even you know there's people that have these like like these pony things where they want to like dress up or furries, right? That they want to dress up like, like a, like an animal and then go and interact with other people. Like they are that animal. Yeah. Yeah. You, you know, it could be, it could be digital or it could be physical. Just the, the unhealthy, maybe obsession. Um, obsession. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so I think because of that, um, it could be any medium, whether it's gaming or in, in the real world through, like playing cards, you know, even like poker. Because mm-hmm. yeah. well, there's, there's no doubt that there's just many, many vices that people can jump into for addiction. Mm-hmm. It, you know, in fact, usually if you if you get success out of one addiction, you usually will acquire another one. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, you know, it's kind of connected to personality and all kinds of different things. But, but uh, I can remember when, uh, just a personal story for me, when I we, I started playing this Battlefield Three game a lot, and mm-hmm. I mean, my wife was laughing. She was she's like it was over the Christmas break between Christmas and, you know, into like the middle of January or so. Mm -hmm. And I was literally waiting for everyone to go to bed. And then I would jump on the console and play until like one o'clock in the morning, Mm -hmm. sometimes even later. And I was live and I was playing with people and I, and I got to the point where I knew like I'd be playing with a bunch of people from, you know, Brazil in the afternoon, or I'd Mm -hmm. be playing with a bunch of people from, from Scotland on a Friday and this time, you know, just depending mm-hmm. on what time of the day it was, who would be online around the world. Yep. And uh, instantly. Based, yeah. Just based on their accents and based on what language they were speaking or whatever. And, um, in the servers too. But I remember I was playing all this time and I, I remember I went to bed and in my, in, I was, I was falling asleep. I started to have one of those like uh, dreams that you get like as you're falling asleep and I was in the game mm-hmm. playing the Tetris effect. Yeah. And, uh, and I, I realized I need to back off. This is when I can't go to sleep and think about this game, that's mm-hmm. a problem. You yeah. Know? So I need to be able to sleep and unconnect from everything. And that wasn't happening when I was playing that game. Yeah. I was going to say it was an interesting point that you had brought up earlier about like LARPing and stuff like that. Uh-huh. Like I would even say that that was is healthier because at least you're 
physically outside. You're interacting with other people. Yeah, yeah. Um, and th- this is totally coming from a guy that plays way too many video games. I played probably <laughs> six hours earlier today. Mm-hmm. Battlefield 1 grinding. Made a yeah. new account because I got bored with the old one. and Start, start a smurf. To, get into yeah. all the lobbies with the noobs. and Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I was going to say... Uh, you were talking about like talking with other people. This this is something that is it, it, it's made me very upset because when I used to play back in college, uh you know, COD 4 or MW2, I, I played mostly COD back then, that we would go into lobbies with our friends, we would all talk to each other. Yeah. And even back then you would have this connection and we would talk crap to the other team all the time. Mm-hmm. And that was something that I've see, it's a bad habit of mine that I'll get online and I'll play, and I'm not talking with anyone. I don't have my microphone in. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just like how Battlefield 1 or Call of Duty is that no, everyone's a sissy. Well, like, there's, <laughs> there's a couple things. And no, everyone gets offended, and I get banned so all the time. Uh, yeah, so there's a couple though. things about that. Is is the whole and, and I don't want people to think like, oh, you know, people talking trash in video games. I mean, people talk trash on the basketball court at your local gym, right? right? You know, guys are competitive. That's for real. So what happens is guys want to tell the other person that they're playing <laughs> that they will beat them, and then after that they did beat them. It's just, right. you know, and, and so regardless of what you're you're playing there's always that competitive nature that guys have and and back in the day on call you know call of duty 4 or that kind of thing everyone had those you know chat adapters on Uh their controllers that was you just plug it in and you're good to go and then what happened was is like you said as you had to upgrade your console to, to keep up to date with those new games the the headsets became more expensive they didn't come with the console anymore so less and less people had these ways to talk to their friends and then they started either migrating to you know things like pc where you can just always talk to your friends no matter what or you know they were um in these private parties you know you just have you you only talk to your friends and you don't talk to other people and so i mean i i don't think that it's necessarily that people are being sissies i think that it's they maybe they grew up with or they never experienced that trash talk and they're like i just want to talk to my friends i don't want to get you know like made fun of or i don't want to get you know all all involved in my game you know just to just to have some fun with my friends you know that brings up a really great point because i you know one of the things that i'm all as a parent and Mm -hmm. and as a pastor uh, one of the things that i always like to consider are what are the pros and cons of the recent trends and the current, you know, uh, goings on in the world and having kids and, and I was a youth pastor for a long time and, you know, we had consoles in our game. We had Xbox consoles in our youth room Mm -hmm. for kids to play. Now they couldn't go online or anything like that with it, but, um, but they could play whatever game it was. And, um, and one of the things that I brought up is there are some cool things that you can gain from, actually gaming and Mm -hmm. you know i remember uh, just me personally um there was a guy in jersey this guy he was um a single uh (laughs) he was a single uh dad and he was probably in his like Mm mid-20s and uh he we would we whenever i would play uh call this is when i got up to my ranking of 100 on battlefield 3 and he would always whenever he would see me come online he would join whatever game i'm in or invite me to come and play Mm -hmm. where he was on battlefield and he liked to be with me because i actually played strategy in the Mm -hmm. game and um basically i got i got schooled by a bunch of marines that were playing on battlefield they liked battlefield the military guys like battlefield they do games because it's more realistic i suppose and um and they actually use tactical 
uh, techniques when they play mm-hmm. the game. So like mm-hmm. they'll go and they'll flank. Uh, they'll flank while suppressing and, fire. Yeah. And, you know, they'll have the different places to drop yeah. and the moving of the, you know, troops and numbers. And that right. Kind of stuff. And one guy's a medic. And so he'll be healing and all these other things. But, uh, but I learned from those things um, that when I, when, when I was playing that game, I learned how to, to do that. And so this guy liked that because I would, I would coach him. And mm-hmm. then, um, and then he was, uh, one time he had his little boy was like running around, he was like two year old and he kept grabbing at his mic and he's like, Hey, stop, stop, stop. You know? And, and, uh, and I was like, is that your kid? And he goes, yeah, that's my kid. And, and I was like, Oh man, how old are you? And he goes, oh, I'm like, I'm like 26 or whatever. And I was like, Oh wow, dude, you're young. And I was like, uh, I was like, uh, what do you do? And he goes, Oh, I'm, I'm a, like a metal fabricator or something. I don't mm-hmm. know what he did. He was like a welder or something. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and he goes, yeah, his mom is not around. It's just me. And I was like, oh, that's cool. And he goes, what do you do? And I was like, well, I'm a pastor. And he goes, what? <laughs> yeah. And he would he would always cuss like crazy online, mm. like get that motherfucker, you know, and just uh-huh. all this stuff, you uh-huh. know. And uh, and I never really cussed too much online. I, mm-hmm. I I just didn't. I just I just didn't do it. I don't really do it in life in real life. So online, I'm not going to do it. Mm-hmm. And um and he uh, he says, oh man, and he he starts apologizing, right? Yeah. But then he goes like, how old are you, man? And so I told him I was 40, I was like, I was 45 at that point. He's like, what, you're 45? I was like, yeah, I mean, I got a daughter that's almost your age, man. And yeah. he starts laughing. He goes, what? He couldn't believe uh-huh. that. And we would talk back and forth. So we built, I built this rapport with this guy. Mm-hmm. And uh, now, unfortunately, I don't see him much online. And I don't even get much time online lately. But mm-hmm. uh, but if I saw him, I'd be like, dude, what's up? How you been? Like, we would actually yeah. catch up. Yeah. And then I just recently did a wedding for a couple in their 20s. I've known them forever. And one of the guys in the wedding party was a friend that he met, that the groom had met online gaming. Yeah, and they become friends, and then he they became had become such good friends that they when they would travel to each other's states mm-hmm. just for vacation or through they vacation meet they'd meet up they'd grab a meal or whatever, and then he ends up being in his wedding. Yeah, That's yeah. Cool. Some of my closest friends I've I've met online. I had a uh, this is back when I first started playing online with my my he was my best man in my wedding. We were best friends in real life is kind of what a lot of people say as opposed to online, but we started playing together, you know, on the 360, we're playing Call of Duty, and we had a couple people that we always played with all the time. Um, one of them was from Tennessee. This other guy we'd been playing with for about eight or nine months, and, I mean, every day, we I knew this guy's name, you know, I knew about his girlfriend, I knew about, you know, his parents, I knew about all this kind of stuff, and my buddy said, hey, are we going to go to Dulles, you know, later today to go to the mall or something? He's like, Dulles, Dulles, Virginia? We were like, yeah. He's like, dude, I'm in Fairfax. I was like, are you serious? <laughs> He's like, the next weekend, I kid you not, I drove out and I picked him up. And he got his console. He got his headset. He brought it over to my house. And we had, you know, this LAN party where all, we all had our Xboxes. We all stayed the night at my house. He was the same age as me. We were, we were all like yeah. 16, 17. And, and I mean, I'm still friends with this guy on Facebook. You know, he doesn't game anymore. But, you know, a lot of those people, I mean, but, but I had talked to this guy almost every day for like nine months. Yeah. And, and yeah. I told my mom, hey, you know, I'm going to go. I'm going to go pick up my friend. I mean, but I knew him better than a lot of people that I knew in real life that I saw at school every day, you know, because I had these long, you know, these long gaming sessions with him that you're not really necessarily talking about the game. You're talking about life. You know, it's almost like a phone conversation while you're driving, you know, you can be doing one thing, but, but talking about something separate. And there's even people like, you know, a, a buddy of mine that, uh, one of the first people I ever met online, his name's Chris and I'm friends with him on Facebook. And even though he's like, 
10 years older than me. He's got like a daughter. I remember when she was born, like, you know, I was like, Hey, you know, when's, when's the baby due? And he's like, Oh, you know, she's due next week and all this kind of stuff. And like, we're, we're that close of friends that he can just kind of hop online and we'll catch up, you know, because we used to talk every day for at least two, three hours. And, you know, you just, you build that, that connection with someone that it's really hard to relate you know, to other, other people that don't play games can't really understand. And that brings that, that's a great point. And this is something I want to bring up because I've heard pastors preach against it in such a negative way mm-hmm. that, Oh, you're wasting your life and get a job, get out of your mom's basement and all, mm-hmm. you know, all of these things. And I get where they're coming from on that, but I really think that they're missing something that has really swept over our culture. Mm-hmm. And when you have a 2 billion people, you know, uh, part of your culture where 2 billion people are are Mm -hmm. involved in, you can't just paint that with a broad brush and say, Oh, that's, that's not right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Even if a majority of the games are questionable or things like that, I mean, there's certain games that I just won't play and I won't let my kids play. Mm -hmm. Um, And then there's other games where they're permitted. And as they mature and as they grow up, they can, you know, like both my kids play Fortnite. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, I think it's going to be hilarious when my kids get a little bit older and they're going to be in their, in their late teens, like 19, 20 even. And they look back at the way that they were interacting online on when they were in like middle school. Mm-hmm. Like I still will go, like I, my son and I share an account on Xbox. Mm-hmm. So whoever sends him a message, I can see all of that. Right. Yep. And so I see the messages that his friends send and they're just like, you know, some of them are ridiculous because they're just totally like, hey, like it'll be like 20 in a row. Hey, come join my game. Come jo- come join my game. And yep. obviously he doesn't want to join the game. <laughs> they just keep spamming him, you know, on these messages. And then other ones are really bad where they're just like, like he, he my son does pretty good on video games. Mm-hmm. He's that, like, that's like his favorite thing to do. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so he, he can, he can go in and he can, he can win, make, make you a fool. Yeah. yeah he yeah. can. And like, I laugh, I will, I will literally sit on his bed while he's playing Fortnite. Mm-hmm. lately i've been just doing up that just go up and sit on his bed he gets annoyed because like why are you in here get out of here watch, man. and he'll it's have cool. like his uh his elgato running and he'll have mm-hmm. his uh his his you know yeti blue yeti and he's mm-hmm. got his and he's got his three screens or whatever and yeah. he's his buddies are online with them and they're all there and they, they're like hey mr miles yep. <laughs> and it annoys him because he doesn't like to have me up in his room but here's what's happening is he's got this group of guys mm-hmm. these four or five dudes that now he happens to go to school with them now mm-hmm. but uh you know, he's got other people that he knows. Mm-hmm. And, uh, the other day I was joking around with them because I, I'm really, I'm, I'm not a Fortnite guy. I'm a PUBG guy. Okay. So like if I was going to pick one, I would pick PUBG over Fortnite just Same. because I like the realism, you know, <laughs> uh, I know Fortnite I know. is fun though. I will tell you there's, yeah. it's like Fortnite's got a lot of fun to it. Everybody's there right now. But yeah, um, I, I literally turned off Fortnite to get in my car and drive here with my wife. My <laughs> wife and I were playing together, streaming it. She might be playing right now. You don't she, know. I, I asked her if she wanted to, but she doesn't like when, when I'm not there to play with her because she gets she's really nervous. She doesn't like being by herself while she plays, like just because she knows that, you know, she kind of relies on me to, to carry her is what she says. <laughs> oh, right. Kind of put her in my backpack. But, you know, we have fun. I mean, my wife and I have fun playing together. And, and what's funny is that she did not like video games for the most part. Before she played Fortnite with me, she was kind of anti like, oh, well, he's not hanging out with me. He's hanging out with his friends online playing games. Why wouldn't you want to hang out with me? And then, yeah. And then I told her, well, what about this? What if you're sitting next to me 
with the, you know one monitor on on my game and the monitor next to me is you playing the game and we're on the same team she goes oh i try that and she was so bad when she first started. I mean, she had never <laughs> held a controller and, 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 and right. looked around. So, I mean, she'd try to look up, she'd look down or, you know, and then when she finally got used to playing, uh, it became this kind of like, you know, fun th- experience that we could share maybe an hour, you know, uh, yeah. she, she kind of gets really bored after like an hour and a half to two hours. But then also we can <laughs> that's stream That's remarkable it. though. Exactly. First of all, that two hours with, I know. with your wife on Fortnite, that's amazing. I know. And and the time flies though. I mean, it's it like it blinks by and next thing you know, it's been two hours and we're like, oh my gosh, we need to go to bed, right? And and now that it's summer, you know, she's able to play a lot more. And then what we do is we stream it. We live stream, you know, both her point of view, my point of view, uh, and other people, our friends most of the time come in and watch us and, and comment and, you know, uh, and they, they kind of laugh along with her when she kind of messes up or, you know, we... We have some kind of funny things that happen in game that people can can kind of come alongside us and and, and laugh along with us, which is yeah. again another another unique experience playing games that a lot of people don't get is being able to like watch people play yeah online. Well, it almost like I, I hear a lot of times that I people that don't understand gaming. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I know that there's multiple times where I've been watching like where they have a new update for Battlefield mm-hmm. and there's or you know they're releasing a new content pack or something like yeah. that and they'll re, they'll pre-release it to these professional gamers they get to try it out content creators yeah, and, and yeah. they'll go stream it so I'll watch them streaming the new game and, mm-hmm. and I'm not playing it and people or you know anyone watching good players like how does PewDiePie have as many people Right, you know, yeah. doesn't play games. You start yeah. off as, well, you used to, you know. Yeah, and uh, the thing is, it, Mountain Stone Mountain. Yeah, Stone Mountain. Yeah. yeah, I like that uh, guy. But the whole thing is, you know, why would people like? Oh, why are you watching someone else play video games? It's like, why do you watch someone else play football because they're better at it than you? <laughs> yeah, and at least with football, like a lot of people that watch football never played football. So yeah. why do you like playing? Why do you right. like watching someone? do something that's good it's because the people are, are, are good and well, here's the other thing too you could actually get into a lobby and play with one of those guys yeah you can never like, get on a field with a professional right. football player oh, unless no. you're that good <laughs> yeah, you're gonna but, die and, right? yeah you are yeah. and you're gonna die when you get on the in the lobby with the those lobby guys with on the, yeah but but for real you're right you could actually have access to these guys and play with them and luke's my son luke's told me when he's played with certain he's like hey mm-hmm. i was i was in a game with so and so my and him and him and my daughter were trying to find him yeah, they knew he was oh, in there. Stream snipers. Oh, uh, they call that they call that stream sniping, where you try to go find someone you're watching in the game, and it's like you know, it, it's one of those things. I have so a feeling weird, that man. your your son is going to look back and be like, "Oh, I can't believe I did that." Because Probably, I think they did it because he was so famous. This it, oh guy, yeah, it was like a real famous guy to they, try to to try to show up on their screen, right? Like, oh, that's us right there in yeah, the game. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah just so they have their second of fame or whatever on yeah. the stream because he probably had like 10,000 people watching oh, him or more. Are we going to talk about numbers of of <laughs> live stream in games because I mean, you say, you know, when when new updates come out, you know, there's people like this guy Ninja on Twitch and Twitch TV is a, you know, online streaming service for mostly video games. A lot of times there's, you know, um maybe trailers that drop, you know, exclusive, um, you know, even, even people that make music go on Twitch and they, they debut their, their music live on Twitch, which is just all, all imagine Facebook live, but just for anything, any category you can think of. This guy averages between a hundred thousand and 200,000 people on any day. But then when there's something important happening, like a tournament, 
where you know he could win twenty thousand dollars if he wins this with this tournament. He'll go between three and four hundred thousand people watching him live. That's insane. That's more than you know a football stadium worth of people. Yeah. Oh yeah, easy. But and the, those ratings right there would pull for like you know. I mean, you might get a million people watching you know a prime time. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, on a on a Wednesday night on primetime on a major yeah. network. So he, on Friday yeah. night, his stream, he was talking about after that, you know, he, he has analytics that run on his channel. And in one night of streaming, and he streamed for maybe like six, seven, eight hours, he had 2 million unique visitors to his stream. That's 2 million people that came in, whether or not they were there for five minutes or, you know, the whole five hours, um, you know, he puts an advertisement up there. Imagine mm-hmm. how much traffic that person that pays him to put up an so advertisement. He, he gets. monetized his Twitch and YouTube you, and all that. Oh, everything. He's yeah. you know uh, Twitch, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter. Everything is is monetized because you know he has. I, I remember seeing the statistic where um, it said like Twitter impressions, and Twitter impressions are you know people that have either engaged, like, retweeted, or viewed. Yeah people's content and there was you know twitter impressions of of personalities and it was you know the top people like you know drake even like ronaldo right yeah, yeah. and and ninja was like worlds ahead of all of them he was number one for this one week where he actually played Fortnite with drake live oh right oh, yeah and so his numbers were actually ahead of like ronaldo and like kanye west and like all these you know big like real world celebrities that aren't online you know their their living isn't made through playing video games online and he had more impressions than all of them which is just it kind of quantifies so that brings up a a topic that I want to kind of touch on too and you had mentioned this earlier we were talking before the before we hit record the whole um online gaming uh uh, network. What is it? The um, the e- like uh, monetization or no the the prize pools having to do with like esports well, and yeah, and all e-sports. that kind of stuff. So yeah, esports. E- X Games recently mm-hmm. adopted esports into the X Games category. Right. Mm-hmm. This last winter or when did they do that? They've been doing it for a couple of years now. I know oh, three really? years ago. I think it started in 2015 or 2014. Okay. So it's- Call of Duty came to the the Summer X Games in Austin. That's insane. And you know the people that won. You know the the X Games won a gold medal, even though they were right. holding a controller, playing. Well, let's be honest. The skill level it does take skill to do that. You didn't, not mm-hmm. anybody can just pick that up and do that. You got to you got to put hours of investment. The team that won was sponsored by Red Bull, and and what's funny is that Red That's Bull awesome. also sponsors all the all the other professional athletes. But they took them to this training facility and they took like their heart <laughs> rates, their reaction times while they're playing. I, I love it. And they put it against oh. other professional athletes and, and it was the exact same in terms of their reaction time, how, how you know, whether it's cardiovascular like stress while oh, yeah. they're playing mm-hmm. is the same as those people that are competing on a bike, on a motorcycle, on a snowmobile yeah. because their, their, their focus, their, you know, the, the practice that it takes, you know, your eight to nine to 10 hours a day of practicing something that you're a professional making, you know, a salary doing at the highest level is different than, you know, I compare your NBA player to your guy who plays at the rec league, you know, um, right, at the yeah. gym, that's the separation between professional, you know, quote, esports, and I'm not going to say athletes, professional esports players and your, your amateurs or people that do it as a hobby. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's insane, and and we're talking income that's not some small amount either. Mm-hmm. We're talking tens of millions of dollars a year. So yeah, that that Fortnite just released a couple months ago that they're spending in their first year of being a a game a hundred million dollars towards prize pool, just prize pool, 
for esports. Wow. On their game so specifically. So they're going to give away $100 million mm-hmm. in, and, the, in the next year. In the next year. The first one they did was a $3 million tournament for charity where they had a professional you know, personality from YouTube or Twitch or, or whatever, and then a professional athlete, whether it's from you know WWE or the NBA or you know the the uh, like Washington Redskins or whatever, they they gave away three million dollars to the people that won to the charity of their choice. Oh, that's cool. So three million dollars went to you know yeah whatever, and, and Ninja ended up winning it, which was really cool. That that guy that I mentioned earlier that was like the biggest. How name. old is Ninja? He's twenty six, and he's how much do you think he's made? Uh, well, he has he makes over a million dollars a month. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. And that's from that's just from people that directly said I want to subscribe to you and give you like a free, you know, subscription or my my endorsement on Twitch or on YouTube, and that's just from one avenue. That's just from Twitch. That doesn't include YouTube monetization. That doesn't include donations that people make in his stream just to to tell him a message, mm-hmm. right? And that doesn't include his monetization of his Instagram, you know, because he 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 grew on on Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter faster than anyone ever has because he knew how to like diversify his content and what do you mean expound on that a little bit so he's streaming on on twitch but he's also recording to post later on youtube so he's actually double dipping where his games live also mean after the fact people will watch his point of view on youtube and youtube i mean there's youtube money no one everyone knows that you can make money off of youtube right he went from 30,000 subscribers in October of 2017. He just hit 12 million last month subscribers. Well, I just I just pulled up a, a, a Google article uh, on him right now, and they're saying that he has right now um, over 600,000 viewers uh, just from the, the Drake takeover that he did on mm-hmm. Twitch. 3.5 million Twitch followers. That was, but he hit 10 million. He hit 10 million the other day. That's insane. That's insane to me, man, to think about. And so he's monetized. So he's making over a million dollars a month just on endorsements and just on It's not even endorsements. It's just just people giving money to him. People giving, well, I don't want to say giving money because. Is it based on payout? Well, they're subscribing to him. They're subscribing to him. So what you do is you can subscribe to talk in his chat. And, gotcha. and that's, you know, you have your chat, which is people interacting with each other or interacting with him. Smaller streamers look at their chat as like their community. He kind of right, looks right. at it at his, as his people that want to be able to talk for, you know, at him or with each other. To about him, him, with him, yeah. To right. him, with him. So he'll be in on those chats. He'll, he'll be in there. And then also people will make donations in order to have something show up on his screen for gotcha. him to see. So it's almost like a, you know, like a, like a paid message that yeah, you can yeah. write to someone. And in the, the minimum, you have to spend is $10 to do that. And he gets thousands of them a stream. That's insane. And, and so he's just making, that's not even off of, uh, endorsements that he's getting from mm-hmm. like Red Bull or whoever, whoever nope. might pick him up as yeah. an endorser. And do you think that what, like thinking into the future here, do you think, because there's so much money to be made from these names that once they're made, do you think that they'll be picked up by one of the major ga- Like, do you think the gaming, uh, it's going to, the gaming, uh, manufacturer, like the gaming industry, those that are, that are creating the games, the content mm-hmm. providers, do you think that they're going to break into like three big ones like we did for autos and like, you know, you had Ford, Chevy and, you know, Dodge or whatever. Do you think that we'll end up having like EA and Activision and whoever else, you know, um, and then they'll start pulling in players 
as like you would like a race like team. a nascar driver yeah like well, that's what they, i'm do they do that already like a maybe i'm missing because i i'm I'm completely ignorant to a lot of this, to be honest with you. I was going to say, I'm pretty sure there's already like monopolies. So like, there, yeah, there, we, we touched on the, earlier. The biggest uh, esport in the world is League of Legends, and League of Legends is a PC game, and they just franchised it, where you have to be a. I mean, the, the, a lot of the people that bought teams in this in this um, league called League of Legends, ironically, uh, are professional sports team owners. Like Dan Gilbert, that's insane. Bought a mm. team called Hundred Thieves, and and the the guy that started this team was actually a former Call of Duty pro, and he told Dan Gilbert, "If you give me and, and the buy-in was ten million dollars just to have a spot in this league, but but he's sponsored by Rocket Mortgage. His mm. team has Rocket Mortgage oh, yeah. on their on their I've jerseys. Seen I've seen them play on TV and stuff. Yeah, right. Like and them. so the fact that you have this this franchising and, and League of Legends is, is just one of them. They have other ones called like Overwatch and and now Call of Duty is franchising. They just announced this year because Activision is a part of Blizzard. Blizzard makes you know Overwatch <laughs> and these are all things that are going over everyone's head right now. But the the money in it is what people are actually seeing and finally recognizing and saying. I'll buy into this because it's an investment. Yeah, you know, they're, they're, the the owner of the Cavaliers says it's it. I see as much value of owning this esport team as I do owning a professional well, basketball team. Speaking of that, like I heard a, a news report a couple months ago about um, players for the NBA were mad because they wanted royalties for being on the video games. Yeah, that mm-hmm. they they had been that you know their teams gave them away. Mm-hmm. So the owner of the team basically gave away their likeness and their image and all that. But then they were saying, no, man, this is me. This isn't them. Yeah. And, you know, I worked hard to get this and they want their piece of the pie too. And so now they're talking about pulling some sort of, uh, in like some, some sort of, of royalty for the players that are on the games, the sport games like yeah. NBA 2k or Madden. Or yeah. That Cause kind of thing. I spoke to a professional football player up front who played for the Redskins, a guy that I knew and I, he was on, you could actually play him on, you know, on mm-hmm. it was like sixteen Madden sixteen or seventeen, mm-hmm. I forget what it was, mm-hmm. and uh, and because he was a starting player, and um, he, I was like, do you get anything for that? Like, cause I, I I'm, I'm always like the guy, like, how much money are you making? Like, I oh, just want to know, cause I'll yeah. never be there, but I just want to know. Maybe I can dream a little. I know. But, uh, but I was curious, like, are you getting any money for that? And he goes, no, we don't get anything for that. And I was like, what do you get? He goes, well, I get to play myself on the game. That's what I get to do. <laughs> you- and you know. I think on the cover they might give somebody like whoever gets the cover of the. There, there's like a curse apparently. Yeah, you don't want on the, the cover. cover. You don't <laughs> want to be on the cover. Because I've heard that. Apparently, you you tank. Madden. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, it happened. It's happened literally every year. Because mm-hmm. uh, what was it? Dak Prescott was or not? Was, uh, what's his name? The running back for the Cowboys was had it last year, and then he got he ended up getting suspended. Hmm. It's like even if you don't get injured, you still don't get to play. It's like there is a legit. I'm pretty curse sure, on like there. Michael Vick has been on there yeah, right before yeah. the scandal. It's yeah. like something happens as soon as you. You get on the cover big injuries you want to hear a really cool story yeah man so i've been playing with this this is going to sound so silly but my one of my teams my professional quote-unquote paintball team their likeness is in the latest paintball video game that no one plays Mm. It didn't make anything. Greg Hastings Pro <laughs> Tournament Paintball Two. Could I my, play you on? Could I play your I, character? I'm not in there, but everyone oh. else. Because I was I was down in Florida when they did the likeness oh, and all that stuff. Bummer, man. That's yeah. so cool. But, yeah, the team and they. Yeah, I don't think we got paid anything, but I don't think they ever. I don't think anyone. 
played that game but anyways. It's, but, but it's, it's cool. almost the pride that thing. But cool. not the pride thing, but you know, the mem the memorabilia. Well, you could throw that thing in and show your kids, hey, that's your that's, dad or that's me, you know, yeah. whatever. Yeah. When, yeah. That's cool. That's kind of cool. It is. And yeah. you and you have people that um they it's this their kind of novelty to be in the game or like you know the professional uh football or basketball or whatever i don't really see i've never even thought about the whole idea of them getting a cut from being in a game because i think the the company that makes the game has to spend so much money just to have them in the game up front to to the owners to the, of the owner, teams. but that's the thing is they, the players are like dude you're profiting off of me and i'm not getting anything i i i deserve something and I do. I mean, if I was like, it, it, just think of, think if like you were LeBron James. All right. So every, you're the Cavs. You're on the Cavs. You're LeBron James. Who are they going to pick to play as a player? Hmm. They're going to pick LeBron James. Oh, absolutely. They're, and if they're playing football, who are they going to pick? They're going to find the best player on each team, and they're going to want to play that player. Mm-hmm. So that individual player as an athlete has put himself in a position to where he is more valuable than anyone else and the game actually is is better because of his likeness and his skill and they have to match you know his skill level on the game versus the other players mm-hmm. so he has to be a better catcher or faster or throw better ratings or, have to be better dunk it higher yeah. however you know whatever it is. yeah his, his best tackle yeah <laughs> no for real no, they, yeah. they literally yeah. are getting insane with the football the, i'm not i don't know a lot about basketball i've never really been into the basketball too much and I, it's a great sport but the football i enjoy and i've actually played madden quite a bit and they're actually the way that they're they're creating the players now and the way that they're doing the likeness of their images and all they're like they're like three D mapping their faces out. Oh yeah, and, and putting on suits and they have the full like the even down to like the nuances of their movement. Yeah, in the game, like if they have some special thing that they do or if they if they always like um, twitch their hand or something right before the play or something, you know. Wow, just crazy things like that. So they get really detailed, and the whole idea is to make it as realistic as possible to immerse the player into the game. So, what do you think it's going to go in the future? Like, where where does this go? Because obviously, it's an emerging industry that's been around for about twenty years, but it's still emerging into the point of as technology continues to develop and new technologies arise. Where do you see gaming going? Well, I was going to say to kind of piggyback before you answer, uh, it's really interesting that like when we were talking about earlier about the technology that persists or is born out of video games like the 3d modeling that they do for madden or the the stuff that they use and the techniques and the technology to do that is so like why else would you need to have that other than for a video game Mm -hmm. it creates its own industry and it brings this 3d modeling i'm sure that pixar you know has their own way of doing it Mm -hmm. because they're not modeling it the snowmen or whatever yeah you know after something like that right, yeah. i'm right. thinking that it's so before you answer and school me on everything i'm nah. gonna say it's always interesting that like social media just as a kind of a tangent i remember what blew me away and i sort of feel like there's a connection here when snapchat started doing the 3d modeling on the faces where mm-hmm. like you could instantly you know turn on this this filter and it follows your face and everything and this is in a a free app that the company doesn't make any money to lose money, but that's besides <laughs> the point. Whoa. But they're, they're forefront yeah. with this VR technology that's free to everyone that uh, 10 years ago, they were the government was, I'm sure, paying millions of dollars to defense mm-hmm. contractors to come yep. up with 
you know, how can we use face tracking mapping recognition or yeah. this instant, instant right. face. Yeah. And it, you know, it, it's reflexive. And well, now if you, a terrorist opens up Snapchat, they're going to get his face in it. Yep. They'll just oh, take it off his phone. Right but yeah, now. I just, I think it's interesting that these things that we're giving away for free or the, these things that are thrown away, like, oh, video games, who cares about that? Is they're creating these technology pushes like virtual reality. Like that's mm-hmm. something why that was for gaming. Yeah. That is this whole new realm of possibilities that get funded and propagated because people want to have fun with there's no reason for it other than to have fun and do stuff yeah so. well it's it's entertainment for most people but then it's a profession for others and a lot of people get mad when the professionals drive the game right like you said you know you have the 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 big three that come out you know with with cars but you have a lot of people that are worried about that professional scene ruining the casual scene because people want to get on and relieve stress at the end of the day yeah for most of the you know most of these people they don't want to be sweating in their chair trying or they're on their couch <laughs> trying to beat this other person for real you know because because their salary depends on it so you you have this balance that's that's constantly pushing and pulling between the professionals and the casuals and but they're both playing the same game at the end of the day which is really cool because you have people that are putting money on the line and you have people that if they win or lose it doesn't matter right and so i in my opinion i see the future of gaming being uh for one i think that there's in in a, in a couple years they're going to eliminate all the silos of console pc mobile I think that your switch, you know, Nintendo Switch. I think in in the in Nintendo Switch, for example, you can just take with you out, and it's like a full console. Yeah. I think they're going to eliminate those silos, and everyone's going to be able to play together, no matter what they're on, and that's going to open up the just the market for so cross platform. Cross platform will be, will be like be a, standard. It has to be something, yeah. and I think that you know, Fortnite doing that mm-hmm. was a big thing that that a lot of people took notice of, that they're making money hand over fist. And it's a free game, and I think that games are going to either move towards a free, you know, free to play, and then and then a cosmetic, you know, microtransaction optional ability. Um, but then I also think that it's gonna, for example, you have colleges that are offering scholarships for people to compete on their team wow. in a in a video game. I think that when when that when people see that that you can have gaming as a career as a legitimate career alongside of don't tell my son that i know <laughs> but when when people see that you can have a career in gaming and then you have other people that have a career off of those people that have careers they're they're their manager because they have all these brands that are contacting them to be sponsors yeah um you know you have you have companies that advertise off of these games you have companies that advertise off of the team that the player is on um and and you have I, I talked to a buddy a couple years ago that he started up a esports consultancy where he goes in and he looks at the audiences that are watching these different um, games or you know what what which ones they watch multiple of, and he was pulling their interests and he was surveying them on you know how old are you, what are your other interests, what are your other hobbies, are you in school, do you have a do you have a job, and there's people that are making money not even having to do with video games but off of the idea of games as you know uh as something that people consume just you know outside of playing it themselves i think that the biggest thing that's going to take off definitely is is the entertainment of not even playing games but watching people play games or 
um, the the money behind you know people competing, yeah, and playing for money in games. When you say watching people play games, like like I'll turn on the football game on a Sunday afternoon in the winter. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if I would turn on uh, a bunch of dudes sitting around a, a bunch of TVs playing video games. Now, if you streamed the live portion of that video game, I might mm-hmm. sit and watch that a little bit if I'm into the game. So, so let's say that there was a group of buddies that were the best at Battlefield Three, right? That were like the like when you watch them, your mind was blown, right, by the things that they were doing because they were so good. And let's say that they were playing against other people that were just as good. You'd probably watch that. I'd probably get into that a little bit more than I would, you know, um, just another game. Mm-hmm. But um, that's the thing, too, is, like, what game would it be and how would they mm-hmm. develop those? And, and, mm-hmm. and almost like they'd have to separate by genres and then you'd have. Mm-hmm. But, like, um, you know, like this guy Stone Mountain that I mentioned a few mm-hmm. minutes ago. One of the reasons I and I know about him is because I actually was, <laughs> I had a, a down day at work. Mm-hmm. And so I just put on YouTube and uh and i was i just typed in battlefield 3 and he did a video like a year ago he went back and started playing battlefield 3 just to play it uh-huh. and he films all of his gaming mm-hmm. and he narrates as his, his way through it and he's pretty funny yeah he's really entertainment f- value right yeah so he has a, he has a personality mm-hmm. and he doesn't cuss a lot or whatever mm-hmm. and i sat there and watched him and i was like whoa this this guy's amazing he's so good and then i enjoyed watching the gameplay because of the person that was playing it mm-hmm. and uh and because he was that much better and then and then it like when that video was over it went right to it like he played he's he was really big into PUBG. Mm-hmm. i guess he's playing Fortnite now i don't know for sure who but, is it uh yeah who is yeah. it right yeah but um i think my dog was playing Fortnite before i came down to do the podcast tonight but uh <laughs> but uh anyways uh i think that those personalities driving those personalities would allow someone to watch it if mm-hmm. you had good narration and somebody that was there mm-hmm. and you're going to have to connect with the general audience too. So mm-hmm. it almost would like, it's all, it was a genius marketing ploy to put Drake in to play Fortnite with Ninja, but it wasn't a marketing ploy. So what happened but was, it, it, it is no, genius I know, though. I know what happened was Ninja. Um, he was super big about posting his highlights on Instagram. Like he would, he took his screen that he was playing and he put it on Instagram and he used the hashtags for, you know, hashtag Fortnite, hashtag Fortnite BR, hashtag Epic Games. And these hashtags people would follow because they would want to see funny or really cool things in Fortnite. Well, Drake also plays Fortnite. When he was in his studio recording, he would relax. And this is months before Ninja played Fortnite live on Twitch. He would play Fortnite with his, with his buddies as a way to unwind. Well, he's scrolling through Instagram and he sees this trending of this guy Ninja. And he's like, this dude is really good. I mean, nin- people say that Ninja is like one of the best. So he's like, I'm going to go ahead and give him a follow. On stream, Ninja remembers looking at you know his phone and being like, Champagne Poppy, follow me on Instagram. Oh my gosh, that's Drake! And you know, with the live reaction, like, yeah. okay, Drake just followed me on Instagram, and and I I don't, you know, no one told me this was going to happen. No one, this was completely organic. You know, I've been like basically marketing myself through hashtags, and so he 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 didn't DM him. He didn't do anything. A couple days later, Drake DM'd him and said, "Dude, you're really good. Can we play sometime?" And and Ninja's like how you know this is like the biggest deal ever this yeah, is how taking, do you say no to drake right well exactly and then this is taking people that you know are are fans of drake and drake tweeted out the live stream that's what's crazy drake hadn't tweeted in like two months 
because he's been in the studio just making music yeah. and he's like hey everyone come watch i'm playing with ninja on twitch and then overnight right six hundred thousand people were watching him live play with drake and you're watching someone play and then you're also watching and hearing drake play like you said the personality you're watching people that you regardless of the game they're playing you think are really cool or they're really talented or yeah, they're right. you know or you just like them or you, you just, just like there's them. something about them yeah, yeah exactly and so that's one cool thing I like about what Ninja did is once he got really successful, he cleaned up his his stream. He he stopped using bad language. He wanted to be able to have parents and kids watch his right. his stream yeah. together and not have them have to mute him. And uh, that factor, I think that kind of like broke that wall of like you know the whole you know video games aren't family friendly and all that kind of thing where like you can have a kid watch with their parents like you know you you watch Luke. Well, imagine, you know, you and Luke sitting together to watch Ninja, yeah. right? Like, that would be a kind we, of a cool thing to do. We probably would do that, to be honest yeah. with you. We probably would. Yeah. We actually, I enjoy playing with them. Mm-hmm. Like, I'll get in, and, mm-hmm. we'll, and I like I like to school him a little bit. I used yeah. to I used to be a lot better. Now, he's eclipsed me. But, ah. and, but, and now what's crazy is my daughter, Samantha, who's, she's 12. She, she's, uh, she's 13. She just turned 13. She's playing Fortnite too so it's just crazy when you start thinking about like how it works and and all Mm -hmm. that and i think the personalities are going to be a factor you gotta so you're going to take this all encompassing the money the the sponsors then the personalities and then the game development and then the cross-platform form you know formatting Mm -hmm. and opening it up to standard it's just going to be an unstoppable thing that's what i think is is untapped is like just christianity in gaming i think well that's huge being a either being a witness or like I said, you know how the whole ninja cleaning up his act thing. If you had someone that not only was entertaining, not only was, you know, really good at a game. So you have people, you have an audience, but then, you know, glory to God, right? At the end of the day, you know, that's, you're, you're influencing someone. I would hope, uh, you know, as, as there are other influencers out there, um, that it's a way to, I think is just super untapped, super untapped. So we need to start the, the, FC Fellowship of Christian <laughs> Gamers. FCG. Yeah, FCG. I know what you're going to say there. School. The FCG. Yeah. I couldn't think of it. Dude, back in the day, there I was I was in a, a little clan on Call of Duty that we would, you know, all all these buddies that would play together. And one, you know, we had these things called clan wars, or just kind of this like online sanctioned thing. Uh, and it was there was this other competing clan called Elite Christians, and and they were they were like a you know. All, all Christian, or they had to call themselves Christian, group of people that were really good. And unfortunately, they kind of died out because they stopped playing. It was mainly just Call of Duty. But I saw that, and I was like, that is really cool that they would, you know, like have this, like kind of stand firm, you know, in this yeah. whole really messy scene of a lot of people that are just like angry gamers. <laughs> so yeah. that brings up a great point because, I, you know, this is true for any anything that you do in life um i don't believe in secular and sacred and all that kind Mm -hmm. of stuff i i think that you if you are a christian and you belong to the lord wherever you go is where you should be carrying you know the light of the lord and the Mm -hmm. gospel and in every way Mm -hmm. and what i don't like is when christians actually do what what you just described i actually that actually repulses me a little bit when we when we seclude ourselves into these oh christian only groups yeah and what happens is is it's like oh this is our version of what you created yeah and and i really don't like that and it it actually is like it lacks creativity in itself mm-hmm. and the 
in, instead, why don't we carry our good nature, our light, our truth into those areas and just be who we are in those areas, the mm. way that God kind of designed it, mm. and not worry about trying to create something that would stand out? Because I wonder who you're making that for. Like, are you making that for other Christians? Are you making that for to be recognized by the world? And they'll be like, oh, those are Christians. You know what I mean? Because like, if I saw like you know, a bunch of Buddhists that were the Buddhist online, you know, I'd yeah. be like, whatever, you know, I wouldn't even mm. give interest in it. But if a Buddhist made friends with me mm. and I was a seeking person and maybe I would have a conversation with them. Yeah. And, um, and that's, and that's exactly what happens on online gaming is we start having conversations like I did with that guy from Jersey, mm-hmm. oh, Jersey boy, you know, but what happened was is our conversations, mm-hmm they changed after he knew that I was a pastor. Unfortunately, mm. I was a little bit bummed ah, by that, but yeah. it's like, he did ask me what I do for a living. Like, yeah, hey, I'm a pastor. Yeah. But there's a great verse. Colossians four, six is perfect. And this is great. It says, let your conversation always be full of grace, seasoned with salt so that you may know how to answer everyone. Mm-hmm. So grace first, salt secondly, so that you'll know how to answer everyone. And so that's under the assumption that people are going to inquire about your life. Mm-hmm. And it's also going to be under the assumption that you're going to have grace first. So grace is something that you're not going to be coming in with a judgy, pudgy, wudgy attitude. Mm-hmm. You're going to be really being like, hey, you be who you are. Look, it doesn't matter. It doesn't really matter because once God gets you, he's going to do what he wants anyways. So it, it come as you are has to be the standard. And grace permits that. Grace mm-hmm. removes all of the religious fronts that we put in our lives. And so now you can take your Christian faith, you can enter into the gaming community, and you can actually carry Christ in there in a real positive way and be who you are and just try and be a loving person, mm-hmm. graceful, season your conversation with salt. Mm-hmm. so that, And then someone's going to ask. I mean, the word's true. Paul would not have, inspired by the Holy Spirit, written those words if it didn't hold truth to it that somebody's going to ask you because he says mm-hmm. when, when they ask you, so live your life in such a way that it causes people to ask. Mm-hmm. And, um, right. instead and, of leading with, I am a Christian, you know, here is my right thing in gaming. It, you know, be that, be that yeah. thing where someone asks you, what's so different about you? Right. And you say, well, it's Christ. And so if you're a parent and you're listening to this or you're, or maybe you're a Christian that's, been kind of averse to gaming you're like oh gaming it's just a and you have had real negative ask yourself why first of all why do you have such a negative impression of this and why do you have those those like maybe you've like like i do legitimately know a story of a a guy that was playing uh, world of warcraft and he was so addicted to it that he didn't come out of his room his parents would just like put food outside of his door and they would he would come and get the food and then put the plate empty plate back out because he didn't want to come out of his room. He was so addicted. I knew a kid that went to treatment for six months because he was addicted to video games. Yeah. Actually, I know two people. It's a real thing. Yeah. It's a real thing. Mm-hmm. But see, I, we're not, I'm not coming at it from that angle. You can right. get addicted literally to anything. Yeah. Just working out. There's show. Yeah. There's shows called My Strange Addiction. Just go watch it on on, oh, man. on uh, whatever channel it is. I don't know what it is, but people that will just do weird things. And so you can get addicted to anything. That's that's mm. really not it. But uh, thinking beyond that, because that is a very that's a minority of of the people that are involved in the two billion people. If mm-hmm. you're going to say that it's an addictive thing and all two billion people are addicted, then we have a drug problem, and we need to unplug these things. It's we should mm-hmm. the war on this would be pretty easy. 
just unplug them. Yeah. Right. The the classification of addiction though is that more than twenty hours a week, I think it came out from the World Health Organization. They they classified now there is a a diagnosable gaming addiction, gaming as an addiction disorder. Yeah. And they said that um, the the examples they gave were people that said they played more than twenty hours a week, and and I like to kind of question that when I know that the average American watches four to five hours of TV a day, and if they're watching that seven days a week, you're looking at thirty five. And if hours. you work forty hours a week, like if you have yeah. a full time job, yeah. right? It's like your part time job is, uh, you know, playing video games. But but the, the whole idea <laughs> of by government standards, I know right. the whole idea yeah. that that you know, if you have a gaming addiction, it's because you play more than twenty hours a week. I don't think it should be classified by how many hours you're playing. I think it should be classified by what it's doing to your life. If it's right. taking you away from relationships with people, just like any addiction, if, right. it's, if you're prioritizing it over work, if you're prioritizing it over taking care of yourself or, you know, um, basically it's, it's interfering with other parts of your life. I think that there shouldn't be a hours per week thing, but unfortunately there is, which is kind of funny because then isn't everyone addicted to watching TV or most, yeah. you know, Americans well, are. It's kind of funny too, because there's an interactive part of this. And mm-hmm. so you're, you're, you're interacting that when I sit it and watch TV, there is an interactive, it's one way it's feeding. Mm-hmm. That's all it's doing. And, and maybe the story is engaging or whatever, mm-hmm. but, um, but it's not like this where I'm actually making decisions and moving through a, a map and problem solving, co- cooperating with other players, things like that, you know, trying to do those type of things where you're actually interacting. So it's more stimulating to the brain than just sitting and watching TV uh-huh. I was going to say, as a point, kind of, <clears throat> I know a lot of people, uh, they've talked about specific instances. I know one person in particular confided in me, and I'm not blowing anyone's anonymity or cover or anything like that, yeah. but they're going through like a re- their, their bottom, if you will, like their, their worst lot in life when they're at their absolute bottom. All they were doing was playing video games. Mm-hmm. And it was one of these things like he, he, he told me he was suicidal and all this stuff like real deal mm-hmm. and the only interactions that he had with people was through video games yeah mm-hmm. talking to those other people so i think that that's a thing like again taking being addicted out of that from the table of are video games good or not and where does you know where does where can you be you know show the light of god is perhaps you hear about it all the time that people run into each other on the street and they didn't know what the other person was going through and they just happen to be a kind person and they show the love of Christ mm-hmm. through their actions. I think it could be the same thing. You, you never know if you're just going into a lobby and you're playing with someone, you're a cheerful person mm-hmm. and maybe you make a connection over, you know, you start playing with someone again. Mm-hmm. You may be the only person to help them get um, through something, get through something that you may not know. And so, Again, that's I'm not trying to advocate. Yeah, uh, well, I mean, gaming in, missionary work, but <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you know, it, it's important. There, there, there can be value in being, you know, pretty upfront and living your, I don't know, your gaming persona, being genuine to who you are. Yeah, in the real world, and because uh, I think a, some people get on. I think Christians get on gaming and they use it as an escape, mm-hmm. and they are a different personality. Well, they would s- never act that way that they do online in real life, right? <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. I can get that way. I have a habit of, well, yeah. I, I used to be. 
uh, that I'd say stuff online that I never say. And that's kind of a, a problem that I that I brought up earlier was because we're behind again, like you see all these people anonymously on Twitter or something like that saying things to other people that they wouldn't say in real life mm-hmm. or saying it just because they can say it to or it's someone. like a cry for attention right so why would i tweet at donald trump and say something like something so crazy that you see people saying that would never say it in real life or tell people to go kill themselves and stuff like that anonymity and they say that on video games too mm-hmm. and that's that's not that's not healthy. yeah the bra- this is the same thing i when i was a youth pastor i dealt with this with 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 kids uh, a young guy a young a young uh, a boy a middle school boy will be way more brave online or through text mm-hmm. um, than he'll ever be face to face, especially on a video game. If he has the skills to back it up, <laughs> you know, that well, well that, but yeah. I mean, you don't know how old they are. Right. You online, don't, that's you know, a, there is a danger. It could there. be one 12 year old talking to a 13 year old, right? right? They could both say that they're 25, right. <laughs> you know, it's, there's no, <laughs> or there's no basis saying he's 13 and really being creepy. All right. Let's, well, let's not, not go there. Yeah. yeah that's, it happens. Bro. Yeah. Oh, I know. You'll think of those things when you have kids. Yeah. But, um, yeah. And so in that rule of thumb, I think it's a good idea for us to just understand that there's evil everywhere and mm-hmm. there's opportunities everywhere. So, you know, just as we're carrying our crosses through this life and we're getting into these cultures, let's bring the light and the gospel into those cultures. I don't think we need to go on this big thing and create Christian video games and, (laughs) you know, like, I mean, I know there was, they tried to make a Christian video game um, for Xbox a while ago. Yeah, you were like... It had to have been so lame. It was a left behind thing. Oh, and then there was another one with angels oh. where you were like an angel and you had to protect this dude. You were now like that, his guardian angel. Now that was... battle royales are popular, we could do tribulation royale or something. <laughs> that would be kind of cool. You know? Like, that, that would be pretty sweet. Yeah. Here comes the next plague, you know, or the, oh, the next bowl The locusts judgment, are coming. Right? Yeah. yeah. right. Wow. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so I just, you know, general rule of thumb, always bring Christ with you wherever you go. And, um, and there's evil in the world, but there's opportunity as well. And, and, and so I, I don't, I'm one of those guys that, you know, and, and maybe, maybe I would change my tune on this later in life, but right now I would say that I won't sweep, sweep across video gaming with one broad brush of saying it's evil and anybody that does it needs to just, you know, turn off their video console and get outside and run around. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You need to get outside and run around. That's, that's normal balance, but, um, you can also make a, an idol out of that mm-hmm. being outside. As you said, you know, going to the gym, you can do anything can become, evil or sinful if we're not careful but um this this has been a great discussion i've enjoyed it it's been it's been 80 minutes so i know i i I think i kind of brought a little too much in my brain that just is always flying around there's probably more that you would want to discuss and but this has been great zach you've been awesome i'm so glad that we asked you to come around and be with us today thank you and uh and steven it's been awesome hanging with you and and do you guys want to give your gamer tags uh on out in case people would want to jump in and play Fortnite or Battlefield 1 or whatever. I actually can give out this one now. <laughs> so <laughs> it's Dookie Shoes, D-0-0-K-I-E space S-H-0-E-S. Okay, that's Dookie Shoes, and and that's on Xbox. and all right. So mine is actually my Twitch, because my wife and I will play games together online, and so you know I have all my... Like I, I play on PC, I play on Xbox, I play on PS4. So like my my live stream is Twitch TV slash its its underscore hehe. My my gamer tag since I was fifteen has been x hehe. 
my, my best friend and I, he started with XTE. And we noticed that when we, we had the same name, like XTE and XTE, and, and it's a short gamer tag, which is really uncommon. Yeah. You know, most of them are like really long numbers, characters, all that kind of stuff. When we would get into lobbies and we'd be, have these two really short gamer tags, people would like immediately gravitate towards us. They would, they'd either make fun of us or they'd be like, oh, that's really cool. And we had people that would like change their names to have the same name as us. But anyway, so it's, you know, that's it's funny. underscore H-E-H-E. It's okay. he he. Cool. And when people get really mad at you and they scream he he, it's it's hilarious because they're like, oh man, he he, and and you're like, what's so funny, man? And they're <laughs> like, I'm not like they try to get mad, but when they say your name, they they just can't be mad. So it's it's a really great like comic relief and and that whole thing. So at 15, you thought it through pretty good. That's good. Oh dude, I, I mean that's you know almost 10 years later and it's stuck. That's yeah. that's pretty pretty darn consistent for most people they change their their gamer tags like every year <laughs> right you know yeah. mine's tropic trips yep tropic i'm friends trips. i'm friends with you on xbox Here we are yeah yeah there we go so uh it's been a great episode man i appreciate you guys uh chiming in and, and sharing your side of these things and uh maybe we'll see you online but uh otherwise man it's been awesome and uh don't forget to uh, subscribe and hit, smash the like button and tell your friends about All Out War. This is another episode of All Out War podcast, and I'm just so glad you listened, and I appreciate you spending time with us. And uh, God bless you. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to the All Out War podcast today. We hope you enjoyed the episode. If you want to know more, you can visit us on the web at alloutwar.us, or you can find us on Twitter at AllOutWarCast. Hey, thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you next time.